This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. Well, good morning, church. It is a beautiful day. It is an awesome day to be here in this space as we come together to celebrate something really special in the life of our church. And that's that right here in this, on this physical location, 100 South Hughes Street, Apex has had a presence for 100 years. 100 years. This evening, we will be celebrating the 100-year anniversary of our sanctuary space. It's going to be a beautiful event. It's from 4 to 7 o'clock this evening. You are welcome to come to this event. We're going to have awesome things for children. It's just going to be a wonderful time for us to come together and celebrate what that has meant for us to have been in this place for 100 years. And as we celebrate our past, we also look towards our future. Now, Throughout the month of September, throughout the month of September, we asked a few simple questions to our church as we discerned where God might be leading us. We asked, who were we, who are we, and who do we want to be? And now as we move into this month of October and uh, seek to live into that calling even more, we turn to a fourth and, and oftentimes not so simple question, which is, how do we get there? How do we get there together? And one of the realities through which we plan that requires a lot of attention to detail and purpose is what it means for us financially, what it means for us financially to live into ministry and mission in this place as a church family. And so as we thought about different ways that we could enter into this season of of stewardship together, this thought of preaching a sermon series around the theme of a family tree came up for us. Has anyone ever done a family tree before? Maybe you did one in school, maybe you've done one with your kids, but if you've ever had that experience, it's really neat to put, you know, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, however far back you go, and you you start with the root system, and then as you work your way, you see all the different branches that extend. And if you're like me, and there are so many blended families in my family, like, I mean, I have step-aunts and uncles and step-dad and step-this and step-that, I love them all, but it complicates things a little bit. My gosh, there's so many branches to that tree. However, What I've come to know is that while each branch can be unique, the root system, the root system tells us our DNA. And that is true for who we are as a church. We are a church with a family tree. We are a family of faith communities, Apex United Methodist Church, Fiesta Cristiana, 519, and the Peak Church. And while each branch is unique, we share the DNA of the root system. What binds us together? I was recently at a day apart with our bishop, Bishop Hope Morgan Ward, with the pastors of this family of faith communities. And Bishop Hope invited Dr. Joshua Neal, who's a professor of homiletics, so she's a professor of preaching at Duke Divinity School. And she came and gave an excellent sermon, but what has stood out to me about that sermon is she talked about the difference between being the same and being one. The difference between being the same and being one. How we might not all be the same, 
and we can celebrate our difference and we can celebrate our diversity. But in the midst of that, we can find ways that God calls us to be one. We are the body of Christ together. And so as we begin that series, as we begin to tell the story of this family tree, we couldn't think of a better place to start than right here, right here with Apex United Methodist Church on this day where we celebrate 100 years at 100 South Hughes Street. But our history actually goes back a lot further than just 100 years. The Apex community of faith was actually established back in 1870. 1870, 147 years ago. And in 1880, it became a part of the Cary Circuit. These were pastors who rode around on horseback and preached at all these different places. And the Cary Circuit was Cary, Holly Springs, Macedonia, and Apex. Okay, and in 1917, right here on South Hughes Street, we build the sanctuary. We build the sanctuary. This image is from 1925, and we've got another one from the 1930s, right there, Apex Methodist Church, Apex Methodist Church. Now, the church grew as the community grew, and in 1950s, they built the first education building and fellowship hall on our church campus, and we were at about 134 members. There you see, that's a picture from 1952, and we got another one from 1970s. Yeah, look at all the pictures. Aren't they great? Boom. There you go. That's 1972 for you. Now, fast forward, fast forward 20 years. In 1992, the sanctuary was renovated to seat 330 people. And while the sanctuary was being renovated, the worshiping community at Apex worshiped at the Ramada Inn. So before it was cool to worship in bars, <laughs> the wonderful people called Methodist at Apex United Methodist Church were holding Sunday school at the bar of the local hotel. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, in 1997, our church surpassed 1,000 in membership, which was big. And Pastor Henry Loveless um, as we affectionately refer to him as the beloved pastor, no one will ever be better than, than Pastor Henry. His picture hangs right outside in the lobby of the CLC. In 1997, the church passed 1,000 members, and Pastor Henry Loveless had a vision for what this church could be beyond what it already was. And he set the vision for the building, for the room that you are sitting in right now the Christian Life Center, the CLC. And in 1999, Henry led the charge for the building of the CLC. And then in 2002, Apex United Methodist Church surpassed 2,000 members. That's a lot of growth. It's a lot of growth. From 1,000 in 1997 to 2002, we surpassed 2,000 members with an average worship attendance of about 970 people across four worship services, three on Sunday morning and one on Thursday night. Did you know, did you know that from 1990 to 2010, the population of Apex, I'm going to read this to you, I'm going to get this exact. The population grew from 5,000 to 37,746. Anybody in here living in Apex in 1990? 
Anybody? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you have seen this in a very real way. And the projected 2020 population of Apex is 56,634. Now, in 2006, our church went through this vision and values and mission cornerstone process with Pastor David Brownlee. And as a result of that process, you see a lot of what the Apex Family of Faith communities looks like today. Part of the decision-making that went into that process was to build out the Apex campus. So you have the renovated sanctuary and crossroads space. You have the addition of the discipleship center as well. You also have the joining of Peak United Methodist Church and Apex United Methodist Church, as well as the establishment of Fiesta Cristiana and the planting of 519 Church. What we know of today as the Apex family of faith communities came out of this vision, mission, value, cornerstone process. And we're going to speak to each of those stories a little more, but the reason why I tell you all of the groundwork today is because, first of all, it's simply helpful to hear. Maybe some of you were part of these meetings that I have just shared. Maybe you can close your eyes and remember what it was like to be in this space when the decisions were made to build out the Apex Campus or to join with Peak United Methodist Church or to launch 519. Maybe you were part of this community and remember what it was to worship at the Ramada Inn. Maybe that's you and it's helpful to retell the story. But if that's not you, if you're new to this community, it's an adoptive process because the story that you just heard is a story that you are now a part of. Whether you've been here forever or you just showed up this morning, this story is now your story. This family is your family. And lastly, because this makes up our DNA. And over the last 147 years, this church has seen many, many pastors, many different staff, many different laity. It has been a church that has gone through transition after transition after transition. And yet here we are, a thriving community right in Southwest Wake County. And I wanna read you a scripture about transition this morning. It's from the book of Joshua. If you have a Bible with you or a Bible app, I invite you to open up to Joshua. It is the sixth book in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, and we will be reading from Joshua chapter one. It'll also be on the screens for you. I wanna set it up for a second. The Hebrew people have been enslaved in Egypt. God calls this man named Moses to liberate the Hebrew people and lead them to the promised land. Moses brings them out of Egypt and they have been wandering what's called the wilderness. Now, fun fact, the wilderness is a desert. That's another sermon, okay? But wilderness is a desert. They have been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years and they're finally in a place where they are ready to enter into the promised land. There's just a little catch though. Moses isn't gonna go with them. Moses isn't gonna go with them. Moses' part of the story is done. 
God tells Moses, you're going to die. You're going to die here. Joshua, who has been Moses' kind of right-hand man this whole time, Joshua is going to lead the people into the promised land. So the Hebrew people are experiencing a great big transition. They're transitioning a leader and they're transitioning their location. And that's where our scripture picks up. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, Joshua sat at the water's edge without a, lot of, without a lot of knowledge as to what he was going to find on the other side. The only thing he had assurance of was God's presence with him the entire way. Now, our church has been a church that has found themselves in that position often. At the water's edge, Maybe not entirely sure what we would find on the other side, but somehow making a home in the journey. Making a home in the journey. And we've seen the blessing and the power of God realized and that as we have been faithful to live into God's calling, to live into the places where God has called us, we have seen the blessing of God, not just in, in the buildings and in the gathering spaces that we reside in today across our family of faith communities, but in the lives that have been transformed by being a part of what we are doing here in this space. Now, just as the presence of God was the foundation for Joshua, this reminder that God was with him and with the people. It's our reminder today. And one of the ways that we remember this together is we have places in our lives where we can come to and experience God's faithfulness. And I believe that as we come together as a church and we celebrate 100 years of being present at this place, one of the things that we can look to is the way that 
a simple space like a sanctuary could be a reminder of God's faithfulness to us. That as that place has been here, as so much life has happened, scriptures read, prayers prayed, marriages, celebrations of life and resurrection, communion served, that it has been a reminder of God's presence to us. Several years ago, this church made a decision that we would name something that has always been true about this place, which is that we are a community that seeks to welcome all, love all. Anyone know the last one? Serve all. Welcome, love, serve. And the scriptural foundation for that comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I want to read it for you today. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Wait, now we're at four. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This morning, as someone who is both new to the church and who's been a longtime friend of this church community, I echo what I have heard from so many people who might not have been part of the larger story that has been Apex United Methodist Church, or maybe they've been around for just a few years. And, and we've been sharing this story over and over and over again. And I've heard countless times people say, when I hear the story of how this church has grown, the decisions this church has made, who this church has been, it all begins to make sense. It begins to make sense why I came to this place and felt welcomed and felt loved and felt that I had an opportunity to plug in and serve alongside others and be connected as family, that it all begins to make sense. We have a video this morning that we want to show you that's going to feature John and Janet Davis. John is our church historian. He's provided so many of the pictures that you've seen this morning and that you will, you will see tonight as we celebrate 100 years in this place. His wife Janet has been a part of this church community her entire life, and they have their grandkids with them too, so that makes it extra adorable. We're going to watch the video. like about two blocks away so I have been here except for a few years when we lit a year so when we lived in Winston-Salem I have this has been my this has been my church home all my life I've, I've been coming here since we got married in 1972 here we were married in the sanctuary here in 1972 and, and uh, 
we moved away to Winston-Salem for a couple of years, and then we moved back in 1976, and that's when I joined the church. I think the changes have been for the best, I and mean, we've had to because of the size of the congregation, but I think the integrity of the sanctuary has been maintained. It's still a homey, warm atmosphere. I mean, I sing in the choir, I've been singing in the choir since 1988, and, and I'm glad that we still have a traditional service with a chancel choir, but we also have contemporary services for people that enjoy that style of worship. And both Stephen and Brooke were raised in the church, they were baptized in the church. Brooke was married in this church back in 2013, right after the new sanctuary opened, and right after we, we had the, her wedding in the sanctuary and the reception in the crossroads. I would thank the church for being here for us when we've needed them and also for providing a place where we can be close to our friends. I mean, I mean, our friends are church members, and they're the people we're close to, so that's how I would really like to thank the church for providing this place so we could have come so close with these friends. I agree. My mother, who had been a member of this church till she died in 1977, they were really here for us at that time. It was an unexpected death, and she had taught Sunday school here, a women's Sunday school class for years. So this church was here for us at, at that time when we were really needing support and help. Beautiful. I give thanks for John and Janet for their testimony to this space and for what it has meant to them and what they believe that this church does to transform the lives, the hearts of the people in this place, to transform the heart of our community, and even to transform the heart of our world. Now, I believe, therefore, I give. One of our core foundations is that beyond a budget line item and a building mortgage payment, our belief in what God is doing here and what we can do together is what fuels our investment, our belief in that story. And so for those of you who are in the habit of giving to this place, of being invested financially in this place, I wanna say thank you. Thank you for being a part of that with us. One of our realities is that we need to continue to grow. We need to continue to grow in our discipleship, we need to continue to grow our church, and we need to continue to grow in our financial investment. So one of the things we're asking our leaders is to consider how God might be calling you and your family to step up in that way. We're also asking those who aren't in that world, who aren't in that rhythm of, of giving to this place, if you call this church your home, to consider stepping into that relationship with us out of a belief of what this church is doing so that one day we might be able to celebrate 100 years 
of the CLC, 100 years of the crossroads space that has welcomed so many, 100 years of the discipleship center, that our giving would fuel that desire. Many of you received in the mail annual reports and commitment cards. We have commitment cards available today, right in the back. You're available to take one home, to read it, to pray about how God might be calling you to step in to financial investment in this place. John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement in England, shared a great quote on his deathbed. On his deathbed, one of the last things he said was, best of all is, God is with us. Best of all is, God is with us. As people, as a church that that has found a home in the journey, one of my favorite truths of the gospel message is that the gospel and the promise of God is not a place, but a person. The promise of God is not a place, but a person. A place is somewhere you journey to, and a person is someone you journey with. A place is somewhere you journey to, and a person is someone you journey with. As we have found ourselves making homes in the journey of life together, we do so in the confidence that in each and every place, our Lord travels with us. The promise of God travels with us. And that fuels our confidence. Praise the Lord. Amen.